What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Owens Recovery Science Podcast. This is our 2023 Memorial Day episode where we step back and don't talk BFR, but we dedicate this podcast to service members who have paid the ultimate sacrifice and, and died in combat and service for our country. If, if you didn't know, that's actually the meaning. Um, that's the purpose of Memorial Day is to have a national holiday to remember those individuals that died serving our country. And so we wanted to do our part to make sure that many of those soldiers that have died are not forgotten. And so we invite people on the podcast to come tell their story so that we can remember and learn who they were, what they did, who they've left behind, and kind of say thank you, if you will. This year, although we've alluded to it in other previous Memorial Day episodes, we wanted to try to put more of a, a focus on the mental health side of combat, of serving our country, of leaving the military and the structure that it provides and those sorts of things. If you didn't know, the suicide rate among veterans and active service members is five times greater than that of the general U.S. population. In fact, since we started tracking veteran and and active member suicide since 2001, what we've learned is that every year, on average, about 6,000 service members or veterans commit suicide. That's over 120,000 veterans and service members in the last 20 years. That's a big number. It's something that has hit a little too close to home for us at Owens Recovery Science this year in a a few different ways. And not something that we're unfamiliar with, but has maybe come a little closer than other times perhaps. And so we wanted to just kind of tackle this head on and talk about it, um, provide you with some resources if you are unfamiliar and, you know, try to just do what we can to reduce, I guess, the stigma around mental health issues that potentially lead to suicide. The good news is, From a government perspective, um, from a Department of Defense perspective, from a VA perspective, our leaders are very aware that this is a problem, and they have dedicated resources in the form of money and jobs and programs and effort to try to help stop this. But like the VA's 43-page document that they published earlier this year on veteran suicide. Everyone can play a role in this. If it's just a function of knowing that some of these resources are available and being able to connect someone um, or maybe playing more of an active role or donating money, there's, there's lots of options and ways that you and I can just try to help make a little bit of change for the good here. And so 
I've put together a, a number of different resources in our show notes for you from just general groups within the U.S. that are focused on mental health and mental awareness. If you didn't know, May is Mental Awareness Month, has been since 1949. And, you know, that's something I had no clue of. And it's literally been that way my whole life. So there are groups that are just kind of year-round always trying to provide services to people that need it um, from a number of different uh, mental health perspectives. And then there are groups that are within the military and or specifically for veterans that provide resources to those individuals to help them address whatever mental health complications they they might be having. And so I think, you know, a minimum, if, if you and I just kind of know that these groups and programs are available and and how to connect with them, then, then that's a win. And so one of those resources hopefully can be our, our show notes for you. So um, that's about all I wanted to say on that. I, you know, there's a lot of stats and things you could throw at this and talk about, but you know, the, I think that the big thing from my perspective, and, and I, I think I speak for all of Owens Recovery Science when I say this, is that A, it's important that we know that there's a problem. B, it's important that we know that there are some resources available to people and and we can try to help point folks in the right direction. So um, without delaying any longer, I'm going to turn this over to, to Johnny. He interviews a gentleman named Ryan Keough, who is a former Army Ranger. Johnny got to know him through his time at Center for the Intrepid. And Ryan does a fantastic job in this episode of talking about the ways that he coped with leaving the military, that transition kind of out of the military, and then also with how he approaches Memorial Day, which was really, really cool to hear, honestly. And he memorializes a good friend of theirs named Joe Kapacheski, who just recently committed suicide. And uh, we'll have some links to Joe's book and a video about some of the things Joe did while, while he was in the service as a way of, of remembering him. And then, as we typically do, we'll play, we'll play taps at the end. So hang around for that, if you would, and just kind of maybe say, I don't know, a little prayer or whatever you like to do for putting some good out in the world. All right, here's Johnny. This is the Owens Recovery Science Podcast. All right. Welcome back to a special Owens Recovery Science Podcast. Uh, this is Johnny Owens here, and I've got Kyle Kimbrell here running the wheels of steel in the background. Um, and, you know, we do this. I think this is our third year, right, Kyle, of, of doing a Memorial Day third podcast. Year. So yeah. this is... Um, Something that is very near and dear to our hearts. Um, this is a, a holiday that, that we take very seriously and a time to reflect, and that's Memorial Day. And, and not only to, to reflect on those that have passed in, in the wars and, and after the wars, but also just some of the stories from, from some amazing people as well. And so today I have an amazing person on the podcast. He's a, he's a great friend of mine. We became friends when, when he spent time at the Center for the Intrepid. Um, I, I was his therapist, so I got to, to really pick on him a, a, a ton, but we, 
<laughs> we, we became friends uh, like I did with so many of, of the folks there and, and along with his family. So he, I, I love this this guy. Um, he's got an amazing family. He, he punched way above his weight when he married his wife. I mean, uh, yeah, that is that is about it, the truest statement. That'll yeah, be today. we always get your Christmas card. And my daughters are like, oh, my God, they are so pretty about your daughters and your wife. Every yeah, year, so. thankfully, my all my daughters look just like my wife. So, yeah, it's, no, it's good. You know, they yeah, got good. You know, I, I, I try to I try to provide at least a little bit there. But, I, you know, thankfully, like the strong genes came from that side. So I think the first Christmas card I got for you, I text you. Uh, who's the dad? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, look, there's, you know, I always say this, uh, I've, I've regularly outkicked my coverage in most yeah. of my life and I continued. To I have as well, there. man. I have as well. Luckily we have weak jeans. The, yes. the ladies jeans take it over. Um, but his, his name's Ryan Keogh. I'm going to, I'm going to read your, your bio directly just because there's, there's more things in here than, than I'll remember. But um, he's, he's from Caldwell, Idaho. He's a, a Boise State freaking fan. I remember that with that stupid blue field they have over there. Um, I was always trying to understand what was going on over there. But um, he uh, went to uh, West Point and graduated, obviously, from, from the academy there and joined the Army. Ryan served in the Conventional Army as an infantry officer. Um, leading a platoon of soldiers during a year-long deployment in Northeast Afghanistan, Afghanistan before being selected to serve in the U.S. Army's elite 75th Ranger Regiment down there at Fort Benning in Georgia. Um, he's still down in the Atlanta area now. While serving in 3rd Ranger Battalion, 75th Regiment, Ryan completed multiple deployments in the support of the global war on terrorism, uh, of terrorism as well as the Ranger Rifle Platoon Leader and Ranger Operations Officer. After more than eight years on active duty, including three deployments, Ryan retired from from the army after losing his right leg below the knee. Um, he's, he's, he's received more awards and, than we could probably count in decorations, including the Bronze Star, Purple Heart, Combat Infantry Badge, and the uh, Ranger Tab. And now he's he's trying to rule the world in the private equity world. So he's he, ordered, he joined the corporate workforce in 2013. Um, he worked for one of the largest avocado producers and mango growers in the world. Um, he completed his MBA from Emory University. Um, and now he is with this private equity group and again, taking over the world. He's got beautiful kids, like I mentioned earlier, three daughters. So he's got it worse than I do because I'm just dealing with two daughters, but I'm, I've got the high school thing going on. So um, just wait, dude, just wait. It's going to get <laughs> tough. So little scared, little, little excited. I don't know which one is, is more so, but uh, you know, I'm thankful to have a pretty amazing wife uh, and Laura and then the girls are you know, they're close in age. We had three in three years. We call those, uh, we affectionately call that the dark ages in our life. Um, yeah. Like yeah. We went from zero to three kids fairly quickly and uh, grad school working at the time, uh, you know, and, and going from zero to three kids. It was, uh, it was quite a, an interesting journey during those times. Yeah. Lack of sleep. And, and it's mm -hmm. amazing how we get through it. Well, enjoy these times. Um, my, my two daughters in high school, um, just got their belly buttons pierced the other day and my wife was all beat up about it because um, I, I I gave them the go ahead but I said babe it's better than a neck tattoo and she was kind of teared up and she said no that's going to be their boyfriends now <laughs> uh, I, I I usually have effectively said um, the uh, the matrix of good decision making and neck tattoos uh, are perfectly inversely correlated it right. An so, uh, you know, like they are, they do not, as one goes up, the other goes down. And so 100%. there's a lot of places you can get tattoos on the neck. 
I would usually say is not a good idea. Yeah, anywhere <laughs> above the neck. We called that the we called that the tooth to tattoo ratio in physical therapy school. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So Ryan, I'm kind of all joking aside here, if you don't mind, you know, I, I know um, you're such a humble guy. You don't want to delve a ton into to your your background and in injury, but I kind of want to get into, you know, your background of, of joining the military and, and sort of the story, if you don't mind, of, of the Rangers, because I, I think it's so cool um, just how the Rangers kind of stood up and, you know, people don't understand that we geographically in the U.S., there's the regiments are kind of in different spots as well as kind of how they deal with things around the world. They also kind of Let's get into more Memorial Day, and then and then we have a, a huge tribute to someone that was that was someone that Close was, we really yeah and man looked up to a ton. It really it really hurt us this year when this person passed. Yeah, so. yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, originally from from Boise, uh, just outside of Boise, my parents are, you know, outdoors was how why we ended. My parents, you know, moved from California to Idaho. It was they always say they open they. Uh, affectionately call them big hippies from seventies, but, uh, you know, they're, um, you know, my dad is a super competitive triathlete and, and outdoors. My mom is, I would say the quiet, uh, athlete of the family. So she just, she just goes out there and works and still like pulls my dad around everywhere when they, they're, you know, in their seventies riding their bikes around Europe. And, but, uh, outdoors was what we did. And that's why we grew up in Idaho. And so, uh, my parents say they opened up a map and picked the greenest spot out there. And that's how we ended up just outside of, uh, of, Boise and having a life where you could be in the outdoors and physical, it was, that was growing up. That was who I was. And, and then, you know, sports were such a huge part of it. And, and I always, I laugh where I say, like, I wanted to be a professional athlete and then realized I wasn't good at any sports. So the next best place that you can get paid to work out and do things out is in the, in the military. And so I think every young, you know, boy, you know, and I think maybe where I grew up or, or at the time was, hey, you played, you know, you played Army Man and had the little Army soldiers. And then in my formative years, really, you know, would watch the news and do different things. And I vividly remember Desert Storm 1, um, so in 91. And then, uh, which I think for me was where I found out about the Rangers is in uh, Operation Gothic Serpent, right? So that's uh, Black Hawk Down is what I think people effectively calls in 1993. And, um that was such a huge piece to learn about this. And so there's a, obviously the famous book, Black Hawk Down, uh, which read, I think that book came out in like 95. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it was when the book came out and then the movies, you know, I would call it early 2000s. But finding out about this incredibly elite um, traditional infantry force, it I just that was for me was wanted to it. And I think for once you get into the military and you realize how much of a small population actually does that. Yeah. Uh, you're like, well, I'll try it. And then if it works out, it's, that'd be awesome. And, um, but you, if you bank on that, usually those are the folks that, that don't, right. Like I remember, you know, I'd go to West Point and find out about West Point in the mid nineties. And man, you mean, cause you know, my parents are educators finding out about, Hey, this is what the military is. And I wanted to be in the military. Oh, and you can go to school. And this is what West Point is. I was like, this is all I want to be. This is all I want to do. And so I was able to go there for like a kind of summer uh, experience camp. Uh, I think before my junior year and came back and was like, all right, that's what I want to do. 
Um, and 9-11 had, had just happened. Um, and so it was very, you know, 9-11 happened literally as I got back. And that kind of sealed the deal for me and was like, yeah. this is what I want to do. And this is how I want to go be part of it. And thankfully, you know, uh, I always say, as I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure it would have been harder from other places. Uh, but Idaho, as I, you know, I, I could get, it was easier, I think, from a, just a population standpoint to get a nomination, but was luckily to get accepted and uh, to go, you know, we, but I will, you probably know this story. I actually, I know you do, Johnny. My wife will regularly tell me that uh, West Point was her safety school because she turned it down. And so she, she got in and, and decided not to go because uh, her dad and uncles are grads, but uh, she'll regularly tell me that it was her safety school. So always reminding who, you know, who's better at, at most. Yeah. My safety school was Austin Community College. If I didn't get into UT. I thought you would have said A&M. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, I should have. <laughs> That was um, below. That was below yeah. Austin Community College. My, my, I have such a good friend here uh, locally uh, now, and he's he's big Longhorn guy, and, and he uh, he won't even refer to that uh, them as a as a college, A and M. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of what I wanted to do. Um, and when I, you know, was in the at West Point, and you you know, you've got to compete for what you want to do in the army. You know, you, your class rank determines what job, what yeah. what you want to do, and was really thankful enough to be able to to get selected as infantry. Because normally, in years past, and I think now, it's not really competitive to to, to pick infantry. Most folks want to you know be helicopter pilots, or they want to go be doctors, or they want to go be military intelligence. Like my years, a huge population wanted to be infantry. That was why you joined after 9-11. Like that's a 9-11 thing, right? Yeah. And it, yeah. So it was super competitive. Um, and we we joke now. And then I, you know, and so like when I was there and, and we pick infantry, all of my friend group, um, we would, this is how I ended up. This was like what I always say signifies. Most people compete when you go compete about what unit or what place you want to post. You pick uh, a place based on a location. So infant, you know, Hawaii or Italy, a lot of guys in my unit, what we would do is we, we, they pick out this, it was a calendar. We called it the patch chart. That's what it was referred to. And it had a deployment calendar. And so you knew what units were deploying at what times. And so we would lay this out and be like, okay, what unit is going to deploy at the time yeah. I will get there after in yeah. ranger school and infantry officer. It was like, that's what you picked. Yeah was about how the fastest can I get to the fight? And, and yeah. I, you know, again, luckily is graduated, went to Ranger school, which is obviously leadership school and uh, airborne and kind of did the basic infantry officer stuff and, and deployed pretty quickly afterwards to, to Afghanistan. And so, um, you know, got a chance, a chance to, to do that, which was, you know, what we call the wild, wild west at the time um, was because a lot of focus was on Iraq and, it was a very informative, you know, I would call it transformative and uh, developmental for me as a human, as a leader, as, as, as an officer, because it was it was unique. And, you know, yeah. you're you're um, at that time in northeast Afghanistan, if you got in trouble, like there was nobody coming. And so yeah. it, was, it was you. And yeah. um, but thankfully, and I, you know, this is I think what we're getting to in Rangers was able to put a packet in and, and get invited to come selected to be part of. Uh, the ranger regiment and so how that process works is you put in a paper application and they have a board or they select and they say sure we'd like to 
invite you to come to RASP, which is called Ranger Assessment, Assessment and Selection um, Program. Uh, it's called RASP 2 for officers. And you go there for, I think, it's three or four weeks. It's been a decade or longer since I've been. But, um, and you go and you go through the physical process. You go through a board and then, you know, was luckily enough to, to get selected to go to 3rd Ranger Battalion. And uh, Is that down at Benning? Did she go through RASP? Benning. Yeah, mm-hmm. Benning. RASP is at Benning. And then... Um, you get selected and you go to the one of the three battalions. So there's third, second, and first. I was, you know, selected and and had kind of been uh, penciled in by third. Um, and I will tell you is there's few things in life that I have found um, that live up to the hype. That what you put on something on a pedestal um, about an organization or a group of people or, you know, like sometimes you say it's like, you know, in, in a in the civilian world or, or corporate world, you're like, oh, that business looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, or man, those guys have it made. And you get in, it's like the grass is greener. And then you get on the other side of the fence and it's AstroTurf. And you're like, yeah, okay. Or, you know, it's it's fertilized with with manure, right? That's another saying. But uh, I got to Ranger Regiment and, and it lived up to every bit of the hype. Uh, the professionals that exist in that organization at every level, um, yeah. it is... You know, you see why the, and you, you not only are you selected to be there, you earn your right to stay there every day. And so, it, you know, it was, it was such a great time and, and um, had a really uh, good experience there. Um, obviously, you know, getting hurt while I was there and then leaving the military. And um, that was obviously not my choice. Now my life is, is great and I love it now. Yeah. But uh, and I think at the time it was right for me to get out when I did, obviously, you know, went to San Antonio and, and spent obviously the great time with you. But the Ranger Regiment is not sure if it's a great time, but yeah, there was yeah, some good Antonio times. Not, there was some rough San Antonio, time, not a great time. Yeah. I, I can admit it was not yeah. my favorite <laughs> time of my life. But, uh, you know, I say I left uh, left with a kid and I'll never you know, that, that was uh, a, a super great thing for my life. But uh, the Ranger Regiment, you know, for those that don't know, it is the Army's premier light infantry unit, right? It's, it's um, a, a, a piece of uh, special operations that specializes in direct action. So whether that's um, seizing airfields, that's really kind of the National Command Authority, right? When you think of Panama or Grenada or jumping into Iraq or Afghanistan, those were Rangers, right? Seizing airfields. But in the global wars on terrorism days, it transformed into an elite raid force. And so all mm-hmm. of what Ranger Regiment, what we did every night was we planned mm-hmm. raids uh, to go after guys that are not good. And not just guys, but gals, but most of the time all guys, right? And these are these are guys that, that uh, are, if they came up on the radar of special operations, they're not good people. And they were uh, moving against what would be you know, life, limb, happiness of, of either our soldiers or the population. And that was what we were tasked to do. And so it, uh, it was, a it was a very unique, um, ability and, and they're very good at it. Uh, I was yeah. lucky to, uh, to be along for a ride short period of time, but, uh, it was, it was a great experience and, um, they, they are a pretty special organization and it's, uh, they got some pretty special people, which I know we're going to talk about Joe Cap, and, and yeah. I will tell you it 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 allowed me, I think, to be who I am today. Um, just 
you know, the expectations of professionalism and the expectations of excellence that, you know, you have to bring every day with it. And, and that's, that's the excellence is the standard, not, not the, the goal. Yeah. Well, so, I know that's probably a long answer. No, too. no, I love it. I mean, I'm going to back up on a little bit of things, but um, yeah. you know, I'm also a, just for ease of the conversation of Black Hawk Down baby, because I was in college when, mm-hmm. when that happened. Right. Um, and so I remember how much those pictures affected me of seeing them dragging our, our servicemen down the, you know, just down the road, you know, yeah. they were basically naked. I remember it also made me really want to keep my grades up because I was worried there was going to be a draft at that, you know, that, that was the first war forever. I was like, <laughs> oh shit, my dad was right. I'm going to, I'm going to be in the service. Um, but I, I do remember that was just, you know, like, wow. And then I read the book. Yep. And, and then that was the first, you know, I was like, what this Ranger thing is crazy. And then kind of when I get into, you know, the, how you guys kind of work hand in hand with the, you know, I think we can say their names at this point in time. I, I remember yes. my boss always said, you, you don't say their names out loud, but, you know, working <laughs> with the working with the Deltas um, and then Black Hawk Down came out. And if you haven't seen that, I mean, that's a great movie. And just seeing how Rangers are as well as the Deltas. Black Hawk Down is one. Of, uh, and it's it's even my girls at this point know it. I and I, you know, people that I work with and I know and it's one of the few TNT. It's one of those movies that are on TNT. That I have to, if it's a Saturday afternoon, Black Hawk Down, it's like, well, I know what I'm doing today. I know. I know, I know what I'm, I know what I'm getting into. You cannot like, turn, if it's on, you cannot walk away. I mean, you have no. to watch it. And, dude, so, it's got like, now when you watch it, you're like, it has every like male stud looking dude in the world. And, from Tom Hardy, like, I know. Eric Bana, right? It's, I mean, the, the geeky dork is Ewan McGregor. it's like that's how that's how many studs are in it and i'll 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 go back to also you know i've been lucky enough to go to all the ranger battalions and delta and all that you know i I would get to go visit dude when you leave these ranger battalions i felt so pumped up and like god bless america like you know there's there's something they pump in the air there i'm like this is just it is also cool. the most competitive place that I've ever it been. It is, yeah. I did not think it could get worse than like my friend group at, at, at West Point. No. But no, it'd be like- but Kyle, And Kyle, they wear basically underwear for shorts. That's the only problem I have with the <laughs> Rangers. Ranger, <laughs> they call them Ranger panties. Ranger panties. Uh, yeah. No, but it, it would be like, well, I'm going to be here at 5.30. And then the yeah. next day it's like, well, I'm going to be here at 5.25. And then like, well, I'll be here at five o'clock doing pushups. So like, you know, and it just, it just, it's the culture that is bred there and right. There's all the good and all the bad that come with it, but it is, it creates such a, a, uh, infectious culture of excellence that is, is really, I have never seen anything like it. Obviously my, my good friends, uh, uh, left Ranger Regiment and gone on to other, you know, very specialized mission units um mm-hmm. here kind of maybe for so them I, I i can't speak to those um but i can speak of you stick 800 18 19 to 27 sometimes you get but you know the colonel wall or general wall rats they're you know the commanders but they're only in their 40s of the most competitive testosterone filled yep. uh, you know humans on the planet and it creates something pretty special how hard was it to get through Ranger School? Uh, well, Ranger School, obviously different than Ranger Regiment. Um, yeah. Ranger School is, is just a leadership school, right? And a lot of folks can go to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, is it 
impossible? No, because, you know, a lot of folks do it. Uh, is it, would I ever want to do it again? Absolutely not. Uh, I yeah. went in dinner um, and I went, uh, you know, it, so it was cold and it was rainy and folks got hypothermia. I think one of the, um, you know, there's a few things, obviously now living in Atlanta and close to Dahlonega where mountain phase is. And I remember a saying is, is, you know, you get the first time to mountains, you look up and you see the huge mountains, the Tennessee Valley divide, you're going to climb and there's nothing but character in them hills. Is, is what the <laughs> saying is, and, that's, that's um, awesome. Uh, you know, I work with a, a, a you know a guy in another business uh, that that has our same financial sponsor, and he's a Navy SEAL. And uh, he and I were just kind of talking about some shared experiences. He's very similar age in my as mine, and he said, "You go into the surf and you come out a, a changed human." Oh, yeah. and, uh, and I, I wouldn't, I don't, you know, Ranger school is obviously it's very different than buds and, you know, there are totally different experiences, the longevity of it versus hell week versus the food deprivation. It's a very, very different experience. Um, but I still think it's the same way you, 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 you're just different. And in yeah. terms of what you can push yourself to what you, you find very differently around what the difference of between pain and discomfort is. And you, if anybody have, I think you taught me that more than anybody in my life is there's a difference between pain and discomfort. Yeah. When you're, when you're learning and going through rehabilitation after a major injury, it's, Hey, what is, what is pain and what is discomfort? Cause discomfort is good and pain is not. And right. Right. I think where you got to learn. When you come through it on the other side, you're a changed person. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I remember being down in San Diego and just looking at their buds training and we didn't get to see it because it was going to be the next morning, but they had this giant rope that went from one end to the other. It was like 80 feet in the air on these two towers. And at the end of all this like crazy stuff, they would have to get on that rope and, and scoot across the rope. And Ryan yeah. and I were there and we're like, so how do y'all, what do y'all harness them in in case they're fall? And the guy goes, oh no, man, we don't harness them in. There's sand below them. We call them lawn darts. If they fall, they just go down and their legs are sticking out of the sand when they're done. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a different world uh, than what I'm used to. They'll figure I, it out. Yeah, I want to clarify too, and I, I, I did misspeak, because this is something that gets confused to people. People who go through ranger school, they're like, I'm a ranger. You hear this to some of these politicians, you know, yeah. versus, you know, you know, they're like, I got my tab versus I, I actually went through regiment. Yeah. Just clarify that. Yeah, and I, I think some folks, uh, you know, I, I, there are some folks that still kind of beat their chest around it at the end of the day. Like it's uh, it's a, it's a way around it. Right. And now I will tell you, there's a very different uh, pathway of Ranger Regiment. As I, I always say, say, once you put on a tambourine, that's a, that's a different life. And then you live it, you've done different things. And, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it is, it's a, it, there are two very different uh, aspects of it. Not to discount one or the other. It's just, they're different. And people, if you watch Black Hawk Down, we see Rangers and, and Delta or these tier one kind of groups working very close together. Can you can you speak on that relationship, how those missions kind of work? Yeah, uh, again, it's probably totally different than it is now, but they work really, co you know, we we would work with a lot of different units, whether it's a SEAL unit um, that exists or it's a Delta unit that exists or um you know, there are some other ones out there, right? And we all have different, like what we bring to bear uh, to the fight is very different, right? It's, uh, um, there is a, a Rangers, right? When you bring, you know, 60 to, you know, 50 to 60 heavily armed 
uh, very uh, well-trained infantry um, soldiers, like that's what you bring with Ranger Regiment versus, you know, maybe somebody that's trained in counterterrorism or something like that. And so it's a, they're complementary forces, right? Like uh, Rangers show up with machine guns and, you know, all different types of things that uh, mortar systems, you know, that maybe not a, a different special mission unit might not have because they're just different organizational structures. But they go to missions and we do we work collaboratively together. Right. Yeah. Um, at least that I mean, again, that was how it was is again when I was it was very different. But uh um they have different different mission sets. And so, but they they are all, you know, at the same end goal of trying to trying to be that elite raid force if that's what the mission is. I thought that was so cool when we were all together at the Center for the Intrepid, was you know, you had across the spectrum of all these, these different groups, your, your young infantry kid, young Marine, you know, up to, you know, them all looking up to you and and Ranger guys, and then you'd have the, the other special forces guys, but everyone, it was almost like a, an even playing field, but you guys were able to drive the, those other, other folks so well, you know, just seeing the way they looked up to y'all because sometimes they got sick of my shit and I would have to bring in like a Ryan Keogh or or some of our (laughs) other buddies that were there to, you know, kind of like, okay, this is I think some of it comes, yeah, some of it comes with age. Um, Some of it comes, but I think too, is like just the expectations, right? I mean, we both know young Rangers and there were young SEALs or or, or the MARSOC. You know, we both know some folks that were from the Marine Special Operations Unit. And it's that same, the same people that gravitate to those organizations. They just, uh, they have like the expectation about it. And then a lot of times what you found, and even, you know, and obviously me trying to, to go back, um, is you don't, uh, people ask, it's like, you don't want to leave the all-star team once you make it, yeah. you know, it, or folks, their entire life have been spent. Hey, I want to go be a Marsoc Raider, or I want to go be a Navy SEAL, or I want to go back to, to the unit, right. To going back to being a, an operator. And that's what they do. That's what they know. Um, yeah. I think, you know, as we'll talk about, I'm sure later on, that that strikes both ways. If that's all that you know, and that is what you define yourself by, man, that's tough. That is so tough to get over. It is. Um, yeah. And I think everybody's got to find a way um, to do it. And I, you know, um, we can kind of transition to that too as i yeah i thought about as you know as we were talking about it um somebody asked me a long time ago about how you deal with the transition and uh if you've never been to arlington you should go um it is it is when you i mean i, I go to the west point cemetery when i'm near there because i just have some very close friends that are buried there arlington is another way and if you've never been there, it is such a powerful visual representation yep. of, of the sacrifice that has been made by such a small portion of the population. And one of the things that which I, I put on that, I, uh, that, that really has made me kind of think about it is if you think of people on earth um, that have been here that should that could be or should be um, resp- like proud of their professional accomplishments that would you know the medals on their chest or the the units that they led or the things that they did it would be in that cemetery 
but the common things that you see, beloved father, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, um, cherished husband, uh, friend, those are the things that they wear on their head, right? It is, and that really kind of impacted me. It was like, what matters? And like, what am I like, what what do I want to be defined by? And I will not let myself be defined by my injury or my time in the army. Like that, that doesn't mean that I'm less proud of it. It is just like, what you, like, what are you going to be defined by? And I think that, that is where our, I think some folks sometimes struggle is they, they're not allowing themselves to define themselves other than what they did. Yes. Dude, you couldn't have said that better. And I, I, I think that is one of the keys that in the code that we haven't been able to crack is not being defined by that. Yeah. It is so indoctrinated that this is who you are. This is who you are. Mm-hmm. This is who you are. Um, yeah, and making and I, that transition is crazy tough. And I think what, what another piece is, is realizing how, and you, if that's all you know, right? And you've been in the military for 20 years and you're getting, you know what success looks like, the next rank, the next position, the next job, that it is defined. A lot of times it's by time, it's or it's by experience. It's this unit will define success for me. And that is like really powerful and easy for folks to view. When you get out of the military, you don't have that. And so you have to define your own success. And I've, you know, for me, it's, it's even, I've struggled in ways of saying like where I'm, you know, if I'll get a huge, you know, if I'll take a new role or get something here and I'm like, man, I, I do not believe I can be successful. And like that, that self doubt of Jesus, this is hard. I've watched a lot of people fail. And um, I think what, what you get to is you got to define your own success because I had, you know, somebody kind of give me some feedback when I was really struggling. I said, look, your, your problem is you have a view of, of success through one lens and that's excellence. That's it. It is. If this is the goal, there is, it is a pass or fail. There is yeah. no other thing other than excellence is success. But what you have to help redefine is like you get to define excellence by the way and that was what he told me it was like it's time and resources to achieve the mission in which you have at stand and so if you you get to define excellence and i think people struggle that's another aspect when people struggle is they're like i can't i'm not successful i'm not i don't i don't know where the next move is or i don't i, I see other these other people doing these things that i'm not doing and they that, that is such a deflating for somebody that has had such a defined success. So when you take that and you lose your identity for a lot of folks, again, this is how I viewed it. So I'm not saying this is, you know, this is Ryan Keogh's opinion, but it it is, I think that's where a lot of folks really struggle. And I, you know, it's not that I haven't struggled at times, but like, I didn't, I didn't allow myself and I didn't have a partner in Laura that would allow me to. Yeah. You know? And it was like, Hey, I get out and I have three kids in three years. And it's like, no, 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 you are a dad. And this is what we do here. Um, and this is, you know, like, this is, we're successful. Like, this is what we are going to do as a team. And uh, that helped me. I also, no, you know, that, that's been, that's been huge. And I think that's where 
or I call it the good, the bad, the ugly of getting out of the military is you have that is, is like those sometimes hit people with just, it's a brick wall for some folks for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, an excellence is life or death when you're in the military yes. almost, you know? And so it's easy to say like, I'm going to put everything into this. And like you said, how, how do you redefine what excellence is going to be for you at this point when it could just be, this is just to get a promotion in this yeah. job and, and they're almost looking down on it, but it's like, man, you gotta, again, there's way more that defines you. And, and the dad, the father, all of those pieces were such huge game changers for guys like you and so many other of our folks that we saw that, that succeeded yeah. was that, I mean, I always would tell the spouse, you are the key component here. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You, that is the, like the anchoring, you know, it was, it's was such an anchor for me there. It's been an anchor everywhere is like, you know, it's you, I mean, I think you guys know this too, is picking the right spouse, a partner is probably the most important decision you'll ever make. It is. And, it is. and you know, and I think that's, that is where, you know, for me, it's helped me be successful and, and help me and that transition out of right there is no there is no end there is what what even in the military at times there's there's end lines right there, there's finish lines i'm going to finish command and then i'm going to go do something else oh. in as you know in the civilian world there is no finish line i know the journey know. is the the entire aspect that is the race yeah and uh you know there's the accreditations. Oh, I got this badge. That means I can do this. Like that doesn't exist. Yeah, no. <laughs> I know. I wish it did. I, I, I would too. have. I would win my email badge every day. Woo! <laughs> you had you know? twenty emails today. Exactly. Oh, and and, and I think that those are. But I, you know, I think where where the balance is is not allowing the military to define you but not allowing you to lose the things that are special about you, it and what it did for you. Yeah. And I think that's where like, that's a constant, I would say like back and forth for me is, you know, if you've ever done a disc personality, right? Um, the high D, the drive, I am about as high, like literally, literally is no higher D on, on a disc for me uh, than that exists. and. But knowing is like that has equal ramifications the other way, right? And being aware of it, yeah. And, and uh, that's those are all like aspects that I think people deal with in the transition. I, and I, I, hopefully, this is you know what what we wanted to talk about, and you know, kind of piece. No, this was, this yeah, was the awesome. transition is what worked for me. And so I, that's going to lead us into Memorial Day and, and yeah. difficulty with the transition because you know. We lost someone special and it, and it same ripples through our community of friends. I know yeah. through your Ranger community um, and, and this guy is, is a, a legend um, and, and, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I know it's, it's hard for you to even talk about it, but if you want to kind of give the, the backstory of Joe Cap and how, yeah. Um, you know, Memorial Day uh, at, at first is, you know, uh, I don't view it as, a holiday that can't be celebrated and some people do they're like it's a sad you know it's a sad day and I, yeah it is but it is meant 
Like I view it through, we get the opportunity to celebrate the sacrifices of people and folks that have, that have made such an impact on me and community and, and our country. And I, I use that. So that's the thing we were talking earlier. Like I'm, I'm looking forward, we leave tomorrow for the beach. We're going to go down to, to, to South Carolina to the beach. And I do a thing that, and this will now be the fourth year in a row that we've done it. Um, and I'm going to make it a, you know, tradition is I literally like put together a presentation. Like this is the nerd, like work nerd in me about a friend or a soldier ranger of mine that passed away. And I make a slideshow presentation. This is who they are. This is where they're from. This is what they did. This is where they grew up. Here's a pictures of us together. Here is, um, here is what, where they, where they died. This is what they were doing when they died. And it puts a face and a name. It puts an, my way I described it, it puts an address on Memorial Day. And my girls have have like ingrained this now. And so they go into Memorial Day and they're like, who are we celebrating this year? Like, daddy, tell me about who we're celebrating this year. And I'm like, you get like, we're going to find out about it. And like being able to like, put an address to Memorial Day, not only is it helpful for me and it's like uh, therapeutic, right? Cause I get to like dig up old pictures of like me and this guy together. And I'm like, holy smokes, I was in shape. <laughs> <laughs> like what happened? Yeah. <laughs> or, or B and then just like, you get to like, it's therapeutic to like think of the good times and not, what has been very hard uh, is looking at the things that they missed out on. Um, you know, like I, um, a, a guy that, that we did last year, such a very close friend of his name is Jay Jones. He was my West Point classmate and uh, was in seven special forces group and uh, was, was killed in Afghanistan in 2000. And um, uh, I believe it's 2014. And um, and it was incredibly tough for me to think about he didn't get to be a dad and he didn't get like the world didn't get to see how unfairly it was of how good he was at everything, how smart he was, how athletic he was, like the things like how he, it was annoyingly good at everything. And the world, we missed out on that. That was sad for me. But I was able to like therapeutically talk about it with my girls about you guys, let me tell you about Jay. And like, I got to tell you some funny stories. And my, my wife, Laura, gets to sit there about, you know, we had him and, and our other friend over for dinner one night. She's like, I just had to listen to you three idiots just make fun of each other for an hour and a half. <laughs> like that was what we did. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so, it, but that's how I use Memorial Day. One, like, I'm always like, that's, I will, like, for me, I will never work on a Memorial Day in my life. Like, I don't, yes. I don't care what it is. <laughs> and that is like, you can, you know, when somebody wants to hire me, it's like, yeah, that's great. I'll do that. Except if it's on Memorial Day. Like, I will not. I, that is one. I'll work on Veterans Day. You know, it is what it is. And like, hopefully I cannot have to, and I get to go do something. But Memorial Day is so it carries so much emotional weight for me in a good and bad way. Yeah. So 
But no, it's that's interesting. This is cathartic, and um, you know, my Latino wife and her family they celebrate Day of the Dead. It's a very yeah. It's, you know, pre-Coco, they've been doing this forever, you know, and uh, it's very serious to them. And, and my father-in-law, uh, he basically died from drinking himself to death from, from Vietnam, you know, three tours. Yeah. My mother-in-law said, I don't remember him ever sleeping through a night. You know, he always had these night terrors and, but it is almost the same for her. She, she brings out all his medals and, you know, Day of the Dead, and, and we celebrate him. And it's, that's interesting, because we, we always kind of do the flag in the ground and talk about him on Memorial Day. That I'm going to I'm going to bring this up this weekend. I think that's a great idea. And I, um, it, it, you know, it is such a, it's such a great way of like, one, like forcing myself to like, go look at pictures and go look at and like, think of memories. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I always say sometimes like time itself, uh, it's like a, it's like a sine wave, right? Like it's easy and then it's hard and then it's easy. And, you know, it's like, cause you get to view, at least I do view these sacrifices through the lens that I carry with me today. Right. It's like, I look at like incredible men and women uh, that don't get the opportunity to, to experience the things that I've gotten to experience. And that's, uh, that is, I think is, is, has been fairly sad. Um, so I say all that is, you know, around Memorial day is, it's such a, you know, and some folks like, Oh, don't, it's, it's not a beach holiday. And it's like, look, it, that is on us to educate people. Um, I don't, you know, where folks will, you know, they, the, 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 the difference, the chasm between, you know, the folks that have served and don't serve, it's not because they don't want to know it's, they just don't. Right. And it's hard, you know, like I, especially like moving to Atlanta and being, you know, the social circle of like, not around anybody that, that was in the military. A lot of folks don't even know somebody that was in the military, which is so hard to fathom if that's all you've ever known. Right. Like I went to college with folks that went to the military. I went, you know, my grand, and it's like, well, my, you know, this person, well, my grandfather served in the Navy and then there was no one in their lives that served, or they know, I knew this one kid in high school 20 years ago that joined the army and that's their only connection to it. That is, um, that's on us, you know, as yeah, veterans yeah. and the folks that, you know, that know the sacrifice that to, to help educate folks. And it's not, shouldn't be like a hammer you're not celebrating the sacrifices, you know, right. It's like, no, no, no. Let me tell you about how awesome this dude was. Let me yeah. tell you about the sacrifices they've made. And, and that's what I try to do. And I try to celebrate it with my girls because it, you know, that's what matters to me. That's fantastic. Are you doing Joe this year? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll do Joe this year. So, um, you know, so, so Joe cap, man. Um, I, I, I'm going to be very proud if I get through this next time. <laughs> you and me both, man. Uh, I'm being emotional. Uh, man, I, I don't even know where to start with Joe other than um, he was, in my opinion, specialty made by God that people like that, they don't like that is one of one. And um, so if the government said, I'm going to make a ranger out of parts, 
they put Joe, and, they they built Joe basically. Yeah. So if, if for those in, in physical and and mental, mental spiritual, it, everything, even the look, have, you just look. It's kind of like when you show this picture of um, what's his name, uh, Tillman, uh, Pat Tillman, Pat Tillman. You're like, yeah, yeah he looks like special. You're like, no, okay, he had Joe muscles. That, like he had muscles in his chin. I didn't even know they had muscles like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's Joe, man. Um, but well. to, for Joe Kapicheski, for for those that don't don't that know who who Joe is, so Joe uh, from uh, just outside of uh, he's in the Northeast, I believe, just outside of Boston, joined the army um, before just just before right after 9-11, um, and enlisted to become a ranger. Um, so Joe, you know, uh, jumped into Iraq has a, you know, had a mustard stain from jumping in. That's a mustard stain is a, an award you get from, from a combat jump. There's only been three since 2001, all of them done by third Ranger battalion um, from special operations. There's some other folks that have obviously done them, but, um, and uh, uh, in 2005 was in Iraq and lost his, uh, was is injured in a grenade attack and um, injured his leg, tried to have limb salvage and it ended up being an elective amputee. And so when I showed up the Ranger Regiment in 2009, um, Joe, or two, yeah, 2009, Joe, 2009, 2010, Joe was a newly promoted platoon sergeant. So it was the second command of a platoon, right? There was the senior NCO of a platoon. And I believe had done like four or five deployments post-amputation. Yeah. And was a, he was a RASP instructor, which is like for the June RASP one, the the enlisted guys and the aura that Joe carried around because of his, his, he was a physical freak of nature where we would work out together and go on runs. And he had one leg and I had two and I could not keep up. Yeah. Sub hour 10 miler with a prosthetic, you know, uh, he, he ran on a pathfinder, which is like this, walking prosthetic yeah. he ran five miles in under four minutes in a prosthetic that is not designed to run yes like that if you told the the manufacturer of that they couldn't fathom that somebody could do that yeah and he he had just an outlook of life that there was no obstacle that he could not overcome and I think people, you know, we see pictures of these service members missing a missing a limb, you know, in a prosthetic and in their uniform. You're like, oh, these guys are just all redeploying and doing stuff like that. That is not a common thing at all. It's it's, mm -hmm. it's extremely rare. And he was the first and to be able to do it as a ranger. Correct. Um, and you know, did a total of eleven deployments with or without his limb, which is I believe he did nuts. I want to say he did seven after. Um, and like, I mean, literally like at one deployment that, that, that we did, uh, at the same time, like he took, like, he would always carry an extra leg. Like he took a, he took shrapnel and a prosthetic, like, yeah. you know, bronze star with valor for carrying a guy off the battlefield. Like, I mean, just, and I think that that story is amazing. You know, yes. that there's, he's got a prosthetic. He's back out as a ranger, a ranger gets shot in the battlefield and fire everywhere. And who runs out and drags this guy back with his prosthetic? Like it's no nobody's business yeah. is Joe. And that, 
And it, I that. would tell you, you know how mad he would be that we are talking about him wearing a prosthetic right now. I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but and I think you know when obviously with, with when I got hurt and I remember him walking into my hospital room and being like, "What's wrong with you, man? Let's go. We got things to do." And um, I think for him, like having that connection that I had with him allowed me to know it's going to be okay. And like, I'm going to get through this. And like, that is such an infectious way of viewing. Like I, you know, I remember when we went to the Boston bombing and people are like, how'd you get here? I'm like, uh, we, we drove, got on a plane and drove. And they're like, you can drive. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dude, like I can definitely drive. <laughs> and, but it like, when I, you know, just experience is like, Joe can do everything I could do better than me before my injury. And, yeah. and um, I will tell you, Joe was an incredible father of, you know, two young boys. Um, and this year, you know, I think got out of the military a number of years ago, um, did, did retire, um, did some, some other stuff with the government for a while. And I think, ultimately uh continued to struggle with some demons and uh you know unfortunately uh, uh took his uh took his own life this year and and it um i think it would have been uh i, I really i think struggle with it of of knowing that i probably should have been there for him more uh, ultimately uh you know folks are or that's a that's a that's a battle you have to deal with internally and um you know, he had a private, I, I even said, my wife and I were talking about it and uh, his, his service was, was fairly private. Cause I said, man, um, if they were, you know, he's barely in Arlington and uh, if they would have had a public service, they'd have had to have it at like FedEx field. Yeah. Um, that was the impact that he, he had in the community, not just of wounded people, wounded soldiers, amputees, the special operations community, um, Ranger Regiment is he he carried with him I think a lot of that um, of being that you know when you think of Rangers like that's who I think of yeah is is that he he really was such a powerful you know symbol and uh, man uh, I think Obviously, the, the 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 worst tragedy is is the fact that you know you get two boys that don't have their dad and and Kim that doesn't have her husband anymore. But uh, man, uh, we're all we're all at a loss because he's not here. Yeah. And um, you know, I I've made a, a conscious effort to try to reach out to to more folks in, in my circle because of it. Um, if anything, just to tell folks, hey, I love you, man, and and uh, wish we could, you know, wish we lived near or closer, we'd get some beers. And yeah, but uh, God, he he really was something special, man, one of one. And uh, I miss him, and yeah. I, I I I thank for every thankful for everything that he did for me, and whether he knew it or not, and what he meant to me, whether he knew it or not, and I and I tried to tell him, and we'd get together and. Um, you know, we'd have beers and we'd talk about random thing. I mean, he's just, he was super special. Yeah. Well, and I think this is 
you know, this is Mental Health Month in May. And, and also we want to point out for Memorial Day that it's not only for those that you, you know, might think it's just on the battlefield. The the battle is continuous lots of times. And you, you've done such an amazing job with yourself um, with this. But, you know, you and I both know lots of times if I see a text come up from you or from anyone back in these days together, I, I'm really nervous because. Yeah you know, half the time it is bad news like this. And you're, and I can't tell you how many times I'm just like, no fucking way, Joe. Like, and, and then you feel like, like you said, you feel like an ass. Cause you're like, dude, they got it. So together. It's, it's always like, yeah. Like and I should have done something. You know, I had a, I had another very uh, close friend of mine um, from the army that we went to West Point together and he was a ranger. And then he went to, to uh, another special mission unit. And he died last April, um, March, uh, late March, or yeah, last late March uh, of a heart attack. Um, just a, a widowmaker. And um, I, after, and then obviously then Joe passed away not too um, soon after. And um, I, I, I had called two folks to tell them both. And I was like, man, I haven't talked to this person in seven years. And on both the times that I've called them, are about things that I should not be having to tell people. Yeah. And uh, that was when I said for me, it's like, okay, I am going to make a concerted effort to reach out to folks, even if it is just a, if I call them and they don't, it's like, look, man, it's not a, I'm not calling you to say one of our other friends is dead. Yeah. And uh, that's, I think that's been the, uh, the hardest thing around, leaving the military is knowing how hard it is and folks knowing that it, it, it folks struggle and you you know and thankfully i'm like you know i've been out now longer than i was in which is mind-boggling that's crazy, to me. That's crazy. <laughs> we're, all, we're all now <laughs> yes you know and i've got my like you know my first like my classmates are lieutenant colonels and like my friends are like full bird colonels and like next up to be generals and like my, you know, mentors are multiple star generals retiring, but they all have to leave at some point. And you try, you know, and I think for me is like, what I've tried to do is just be that sounding board of, Hey, look, like, this is how, this is the things you're going to run into. This is hard. And like, cause I, uh, I would say incorrectly did it. My, I, like most of my things in my life have done it my way. And like how I, when I got out of the army, I just muscled through a lot of things without resources or people to lean on or, or things like that. Uh, I, I remember this old Ryan Keough back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, Hey, uh, and I laugh. It was like, some people were like, well, how was your transition? And I was like, well, in the two years after I got out, I went from one to three kids bought two houses, moved, went to grad school and switched jobs. Uh, so like, I didn't have a time to think about it other than these were the tasks at hand and how you get through it. And I, um, it's, you still think about it and you still try to get better, yeah. but, but that's, um, that's where I think, you know, there's always try to be better and try to help other folks behind you and say, Hey, here's some resources. And I think hopefully uh, we as a, as a military and vet organization have gotten better as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, man, um, this is great stuff. And we just want to honor Joe and, and all the other folks that have passed on this Memorial Day. This is, like you said, it's not a day of sorrow. It's a day to, of remembrance. And, and celebration. Joke, yeah. Celebration. It's we'll like links. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah. No, I should say we're going to put links because Joe. there is a book about Joe out there called Back in the Fight, which is really cool. And, and some really good leaks. I, I saw a video yesterday. I was just looking at it. Of Gary Sinise did a thing about Joe, um, not not on his passing, but actually of, of some of his accomplishments. It was pretty cool on YouTube. So there's some great yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's, you know, and I think uh, it's uh, what I would imagine uh, Chris Kyle was like in, yeah. in the SEAL community or, um, you know, there's there's certain folks like we know in the MARSOC community. Everyone knew Joe. Everyone. And it's like, you know, like, uh, obviously Joe and I were, were, you know, I think closer because of our, our, our similar injuries. We joked that like we, we'd buy shoes together. He would get the left. I would get the right. <laughs> um, but like, um, but what I would say is, um, I felt very lucky that I was one of the many, many people that got to know him. And I, you know, there are folks that, know him better or, you know, and that's not, a, I would say it's not a contest, but I'm just fortunate enough to be in that group that, um, that, that got to call him a, you know, a friend, whether, you know, I, that's how I viewed him. And, uh, yes. he, uh, he was pretty special. And I, yeah. you know, I think I would say the same thing about, about folks, about you and, and, uh, like you, Johnny, and I, and I'm gonna, I'll use this as a way, cause I know you will not toot your own horn, um, in this way is, for those that don't know what Johnny means to a lot of us, um, I wouldn't, I could not have done and I couldn't do the, I couldn't be who I am today without Johnny have been there in what I would consider the darkest time of my life. Um, and it, it, I didn't know how to get out of the hole a lot of times. And when you have somebody like Johnny, even though he is, uh, you know, a pain in the ass a lot of times, um, was always there, would always answer the phone, would always be there and, and wasn't just a physical therapist. And I, I'm not going to let this opportunity go by without saying thank you. And thank you for being there for me, my family, and being a friend. I'm not going to let this opportunity because you know, you probably don't, you won't talk about it, about how good you are and were as a therapist, but mostly as a friend. Awesome, man. I love it. That's why I love just being able to stay in touch with you guys. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times, right? Yeah. So you and I just reflected last summer on, man, I don't know if we could do it again, but I really miss our times with, with everyone. We, mi we missed you at, uh, at Johnny's wedding. I know. Uh, that sucked. You know, I know. We got a, we had, uh, Dr. Dr. Shu and I got to, uh, to spend a lot of quality time together. And I, I, la we laughed and was like, man, these are the fun times when like yeah. none of us are in stressful situations. And like, we get to like be a part of like a good thing. And we're years and years removed from trauma. <laughs> Yes, and it's yes. like, we get to celebrate. I was like, man, it was, it was pretty awesome to, to do that. And we missed you there. So, but well, I still have it. Uh, let me see it. The flag you gave me, man. Still hey, one of my coolest gifts of all time. And right that, after he recovered and redeployed and carried a flag out on his first mission and then gifted it back to me. It was, it was super cool. 
Still yeah. have, it. have it sitting here. Well, all right, man. That that was amazing, Ryan. Happy Memorial Day, brother. I miss you. Let's yeah. keep all reaching out for for the good things and not the bad things. And um, I appreciate you doing this, my man. Yeah, man. Of course, brother. You know, I'll always do that. And uh, again, appreciate you.